delegate and trust God. Delegate duties and trust God. Today I'm speaking first to pastors and faith organization leaders. And after I share this first bit, I will go into part two, where I will make uh, an application of what insights I got this morning from my own devotional time for uh, entrepreneurs, people like myself, marketplace ministers. Okay, so first, I'm going to speak to pastors and faith organization leaders, then I'm going to take this message that this insight that I got from my devotional time this morning, and I'm going to put an application in part two for you faith Christians who are operating your own business. So this comes from Numbers 11 verses 1 through 23, and I'm going to read it very quickly for you, and I'm reading from the ESV version, and the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes, and when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses and Moses prayed to the Lord and fire died down. So the name of that place was called Tabera because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving and the people of Israel also wept again and said, oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But no, our strength is dried up. And there is nothing at all, nothing at all, but this manna to look at. Now, the manna was like coriander seed, and it appeared like that of delium. The people went about and gathered it and ground it in handmills or beat it in mortars and boil it in pots and make cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Moses heard the people weeping through their clans, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly. And Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, this is the, the key area for me. Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I? I to get meat to give all these people for they weep before me and say give us meat that we may eat I am not able to carry all these people alone the burden is too heavy for me if you will treat me like this kill me at once if I find favor in your sight that I may not see my wretchedness then the then the Lord said to Moses Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down there. I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. And say it to the people, consecrate yourselves tomorrow and you shall eat meat for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord saying, who will you give us, who will give us meat to eat for it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat 
and you shall eat. You shall not eat just one day or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we come out of Egypt? But Moses said, the people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot. And you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat for a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you will see whether my word will come true for you or not. <laughs> That's the word of the Lord. Now, guys, there's so much I have to share from this, but I'm not here to preach. I really am simply sharing what insight the Lord gave me from my own personal devotion time. And I honestly feel that when I get something, it is not just for me. It is for me to do something with. But one of the things that is for me to do with is to share it with you. I, I truly believe that. Uh, and so there's so much here, but I'm really going to keep it tight to the concept of delegate duties and trust God for resources. And the first thing that I want to point out is, like I said, first, I'm speaking to those pastors and faith leaders. I really am speaking to you first. And there's so much here, but I want to zero in on the fact that Moses was a leader of over 600,000 people. And here it is. They're all complaining and they're complaining to him. And he has come before God feeling an overwhelming burden. He has felt this overwhelming burden. And I know many of you pastors feel an overwhelming burden for the sheep that you have been called to be a shepherd to. The burdens of your, of your flock are many and they come knocking on your door expecting somehow that you are going to solve the problem for them. And in this case, Moses, you know, it says a man at every tent, they were all complaining about not having meat. I just want to pause here and speak to you guys because my father as a pastor, retired pastor used to be the leader of Youth for Christ International. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it is an organization, a non-denominational evangelical organization serving over a hundred countries of the world. And uh, he's a past president of that. And he, but he retired as a pastor. My brother's also a pastor. I've worked as a pastor or secretary. My, trust me, I know my way around the church and I know that many people come knocking on the pastor's door with many a very desperate burden, desperate cries, desperate needs, desperate desires, and they come knocking on the pastor's door, okay? And here it is, Moses is upset. He's like, God, why have you put this burden on me? Now, there are some pastors who want to be leader. They want to, you know, make sure you see their, their robe and that, you know, you make sure that you, you celebrate them and they sit at the top, the top of the table. And this is not the pastor I'm speaking to. I'm talking about the humble servant who has really been probably even called outside of your comfort zone to serve in this capacity as Moses was out of his comfort zone called to serve in this capacity and you truly feel this burden that is called that all these people are put on you and you are you feel 
incapable. You feel limited. You feel that you, you feel overwhelmed. And, and I want to show you what God did. No, you know, it's interesting because you would think Moses had already learned this lesson, right? Because before when Moses was a judge and his father-in-law came and saw the long lines of people, what did his father-in-law say? It's not good for you to do this by yourself to get some leaders. And these are the same 70 leaders that, that, uh, that through his, the leader, the um, insight from his father-in-law called to be additional judges so that they could take care of the lower work and leave the heavier work just for Moses. But he didn't learn the lesson, guys. And I, I, I want to tell you, many of us do not delegate very well. Pastors, you're not delegating very well. You are not, I'm going to say it unapologetically, take it for what it's worth, you are not delegating very well because what was the solution that God gave Moses? He said that he was to call the leaders. He was to call the leaders and he was going to take some of the spirit from Moses and put it on them so that they were now empowered to serve. Because here's the thing, guys, some of you will have deacons in your church, but they're not empowered to serve. They're just token leaders so that they feel good, so that you can build some goodwill into your congregation. Rubbish. They have a duty to serve. They are called to serve. They're called to share that burden with you. They're called to serve that burden with you. So God took the solution to the burden that what at least Moses has a presence of mind to call out to God. Some of you are bearing that burden on your own. You have no business doing that. As a shepherd of God's people, you need to be in consultation with God. And here it is. God created his solution. He called on Moses to have a delegation who would bear the burden with him. So I'm asking you guys to review. Do you have people who have come alongside you to share the burden? Trust me, they exist. They exist. And God will show them to you if you ask. And then you need to empower them, guys. You need to give them the authority to go out on behalf of you and your, your faith-based organization to serve in the capacity. So train them well. Let them know what that means. But give them the authority to go out. Jesus did that with his 12. He sat there and he trained them and they were ready and ready when he was to, to go out and do the work. You need to bring people alongside of you to share the burden that God has called you to do. That's number one. You need to delegate. You need to delegate. And when you delegate, you need to empower. The next thing is that these people were complaining about they did not have meat. I want to say something right here. Their needs were met. They had manna. Manna was directly sent from God. This was going to, no question about it, meet all their nutritional needs and make them feel satisfied in terms of they've eaten something for the day they were not hungry so their hunger was met their nutritional needs were met and yet these people were asking for meat now i want to acknowledge here that this is a this is a want not a need but there are some of us who have not been able to distinguish between the two and this is a problem because they were so desperate for this meat in their minds it was a need oh so much so that they thought Egypt was better where they were before slavery. But this desperate need for meat was so desperate, they confused a need for a want, a want for a need. So, but guess what, guys? God is so gracious. 
They declared a, a desire for an, a want. They didn't need it. They wanted it. And guess what God did? He gave it to them. There are some desires of our heart that if we throw it up to God, he will actually give it to you, even if you don't need it. And even if maybe you shouldn't even have it. But you ask and he will give it to you, probably to the point where you realize, you know, I really shouldn't have asked for this. I really didn't need it. This was not a good idea, but he'll still give it to you anyways. And they asked for it and God gave them the desire of their heart. They got meat so plentiful that they, it was it was not ugh, loathsome to them. They're like, I, I'm done with it. I can tell you, there are some of you right now that have too many shoes in your closet. But when you were buying it, you insisted you needed it because it matched with that dress. Or you insisted you needed that new car because it matched your profile or whatever. You were so you confused a, a want for a need. And that has now caused many of you to be in serious debt or serious problems. It's become loathsome to you. The debt has become so loathsome to you, you wish you didn't buy that thing. Okay, but this is how God operates. Because sometimes it, some of us have to feel for us to learn. We can't just learn because it's the right thing. We have to feel to learn. I'm not being apologetic because some of, I talk about Christians and money and some of you need a verbal spanking. It is this, this morning. Do not confuse a need for a want. At the same time, God is very willing to give us the desires of our heart, but how we approach him is very important. I'm not dealing with the how they approach him this morning. Go back and read it for yourself and see how they approach God about this particular desire of their hearts. I'm not dealing with that right now. So the point though is that here it is now that Moses, Moses, the man of God who has himself been the, 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 the conduit for delivering the most amazing miracles recorded in the Bible, Moses says, there's 600,000 people. If we killed all the flock or got all the fish from the sea, how would we feed meat to 600,000 people? Moses, Moses, and God had to say to him, is God's hand short? Is God's hand short? Is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you will see whether my word will come true for you or not. Some of you right now have a burden and you believe God's hand is short. You believe God's hand is, is short. You need to trust God's word is true and that it will come through for you. Some of you really needed to hear this this morning. I got this message this morning, but it's not for me. It's not a place in my life that this is applicable to me. That's why I know I needed to share this with somebody. In fact, I already shared it with a pastor and he's his verbatim words, and he's probably listening to this right now, or he will later because he's a very good friend of mine. He said he needed that word this morning. So I know when I got it, I didn't get it to keep for me. So here's the thing now this is part one. I have now spoken to the faith leaders, okay? Part two of implementing and applying this information for you, um, marketplace ministers. These are, these are Christian business owners who God has positioned us uniquely to serve his people in a certain capacity. Whatever it is, guys, do not discount what you are doing as actual ministry to the people of God. Because I tell you, even if you're in the entertainment space, God loves when we laugh and when we are in a joyful place. And if your job is to bring that to them, you are still serving God through this method. There is no job that God has given us to do that does not have a place 
in serving his people and therefore serving him. So I hope you've already embraced that because now I'm going to talk about how this particular passage works for us. And this is where it does apply to me. So here it is now. Many of us as business owners, as leaders of organizations have trouble delegating. I can say for, for sure I've had that trouble delegating. I can say for right now, my husband, yes, I said it, has trouble delegating, but there are reasons around that, but that's a, a story for another day. Difficulty to delegate. And even if you have that person on like a, a, a virtual assistant or you know, you're a your uh, your assistant in some capacity, an employee, you have not truly empowered them. So they're just a figurehead. You know, they're standing at the counter and they're like, they still have to go back and talk to you. So really, all you have is a messenger. You need to delegate that burden because there's some jobs that you're doing that are not in your genius. It's not in your genius. And when you spend time, like I can tell you guys, I'm making this video now. And guess what? I'm going to have to go back and edit it if I don't push it off to an editorial team. Now, making this video is, is something that only I can do. My team people cannot do this piece of the puzzle for me, but they absolutely can edit the video for me. So if I edit the video, yes, I can do it, but is that the best use of my time? If I didn't have to edit the video, I could move on to either make another video or serve, you know, jump on the phone and help somebody. This is a job. Editing the video is something another person in my team can do. So some of you need to bring some people alongside you and delegate away the job. In fact, my coach has it to say this way, money really loves speed. And so when there is a, a, a task before you, you need to act on it quickly, delegate it away, decide it's not going to be done and delete it. Guys, you need to delegate, but not just delegate. You need to empower that person to do the job. Maybe you need to train them or you need to give them the ability to make a decision on your behalf and in your absence. You need to empower them. Last but not least, is counting on God as your resource. People, I can tell you, there is no way the math makes sense in my life, okay? If you know my story, which I'm not sharing again, we had our own time where the Lord buffered us like he did before the famine in the case of, of Joseph, buffered us, but we squandered it. I was not a good steward at the time. And so in spite of being buffered for the time that would have been more than enough to weather the storm, because I was not a good steward, I squandered it away, my husband and I, and then we suffered truly during that span of seven years, which was the recession time. But God has been faithful and applying stewardship principles as a Christian in the space of money, we have really moved to a very more comfortable place. And I want to tell you that the math does not make sense except for the miraculous. And I really need you to invite God into your financial space. You need to do that because truly, if you operate as a steward of the resources he gives you, you will see his miraculous hand. Here it is. There were 600,000 people looking for meat. And Moses, Moses, guys, don't feel bad. If your faith is lacking at the moment, you're in good company. Moses, the man of God, the man who was the conduit for many of the most amazing miracles the Bible has to report. He, after all of this, was questioning whether God could deliver on this magnitude of desire. So God had to say to him, is my hand short? Is my hand short? 
And we need to trust that his word will come through for us. So that's the application, guys. You need to uh, you need to delegate. You need to empower those you delegate. You need to invite the miraculous into your finances because God is not short. His hand is not short. And if he's called you to do it, because this was not Moses's choice, God positioned him to do this thing, okay? And if God has positioned you, God will provide. But you have to trust that his hand is not short because the end result of this was not a a pile of, of, of goodies for Moses's benefit and for Moses's elevation. God provided for all the people, which is what he called Moses to do. So there are some ministers out there that are receiving the abundance and hoarding it for themselves and lifting themselves up and not taking the rest of the ship along with them. That's not what this is about. When God delivered, he delivered so that the all 600,000 people would not only have meat, but they would have it so abundant that it became loathsome to them. So guys, I just also want to point out again, uh, I missed this one, the application of need versus want. Please go back through your uh, expense list, your, your how you've been spending your money and be very careful about how you use it and be very clear about what is a need and what is a want because our cash flow is very, very important for the job God has called us to do. And if you're not being a good steward with that resource, it will be expended and it will be your fault, not God. Okay. So that's all I have to say for you today, guys. Uh, definitely be listening to the Christian and Money TV channel on Roku and Amazon Fire and also our podcast by the same name, which is available on pretty much all of the uh, outlets you might be listening to. Trudy Behrman here for Christian and Money TV, Christian Money Podcast, and PSI TV is delivering this to you. Thank you so much. And I'm super simple and fine and I look forward to you.